listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Sanderson gives it away. Anjapani will dump it in. And the fans, with a round of applause for their team, as they will The sea of red rises here at Scotiabank. Saddledome in a game they trailed not once, not twice, but twice. 1-0, 2-1, and 3-2. The Flames battled back by scoring four third period goals. And they double up the Senators by a final score of 6-3. After disappointing efforts Sunday in Chicago, the Calgary Flames had no option but to come away with two points against the lowly Ottawa Senators. And while it took a couple of comebacks, as you heard from Derek Wills in the intro, a dominant third period led to the Flames' first home win of 2024. And they now look to continue their winning ways into the second half of the season that begins with a two-game road trip starting Thursday in Arizona. Welcome in to another edition of Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios in frigid Calgary, Alberta. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com we have a jammed program for you this Wednesday. We will talk all things Calgary Flames off the top, officially at the halfway mark of the 2023-2024 NHL season. 41 games in the books for the Calgary Flames. How do we feel about this group at the halfway point? Has anything changed? The positives in the first half of the season, the negatives of the first half of the season. We'll get into all of that, plus hear from head coach Ryan Huska and Mackenzie Wieger on an optional practice day at the Scotiabank Saddledome. A little bit later on this uh, Wednesday, our Wednesday regular, Ailish Forfar is going to join us. She's the co-host of the fan pregame show on Sportsnet. And it's been a very long time since we've done this. It was... An everyday segment during the pandemic, and longtime listeners will remember it. But if you're new to it, Wild Card Wednesday makes its return. The brainchild of Pat Steinberg that lets you into the lives of the afternoon show returns at 1.30 this afternoon. Looking forward to diving into Wild Card Wednesday 2.0 alongside my outstanding producers, Cam and Shan. Quick reminder, the fan feedback line always open to you at 960-960. Feel free to shoot us a text if you're listening live. would love to hear from you on this Wednesday and would love to have you be a part of Wild Card Wednesday a little bit later on this hour. Let's start with the Calgary Flames. 6-3 victory over the Ottawa Senators to kick off their home portion of the 2024 calendar year just a one game homestand the dads were in town they're getting set to join their boys on the road in Arizona and Las Vegas but it helped them get up for a big game against the Ottawa Senators and the Sens coming in one of the worst teams in the NHL one of the worst road teams in the NHL the Flames desperately needed two points the narrative today would not be a positive one with back-to-back losses to the Blackhawks and then the Ottawa Senators. And while this Sens team certainly has a lot of talent, their execution defensively, goaltending, is what has them at the bottom of the league. And the Flames had more fight back, more effort, more push, um, all of those things that were missing Sunday against Chicago. I thought they were able to bring to the table against Ottawa, add in a dominant third period for the Calgary Flames where they scored four times with goals from Hannafin, Coleman, Sharon Govich to lead them to a victory. It was a big two points for the Calgary Flames on this one game homestand. Next up, as I mentioned, 
uh, back on the road. They're into Arizona on Thursday for a matchup with the Coyotes, and then Saturday night taking on the Arizona Coyote. Or should be taking on the Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas. So going to be a, a big weekend coming up for the Calgary Flames. Optional morning skate for them today at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Dad's in town. They're getting set for a road trip. So not much to tell you uh, as far as the Flames go on this Wednesday. But do have some prospect news to tell you about. And shouldn't surprise anybody. But the Flames will send Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf to the AHL All-Star Game as Pacific Division All-Stars in the American Hockey League. So congratulations to Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf, both of them have been absolutely outstanding this year for the Calgary Wranglers. Matt Coronado has been uh, a pleasure to watch on a regular basis coming down after starting the season with the Calgary Flames. He is now the leading scorer for the Calgary Wranglers. And Dustin Wolf, while seeing more NHL time this season, has still gone down to the American Hockey League and dominated. Just continues to prove um, that the American Hockey League is uh, probably set to be behind him sooner rather than later. Uh, wins continue to pile up for him as the team sits close to the top of the Western Conference standings in the American Hockey League. And uh, as we talk to you right now, they sit on top of the Pacific Division standings in the American Hockey League as well. They'll welcome in the Ontario Reign for a pair of games Thursday and Friday. You can listen to the game Friday right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. So that's the latest news with the Calgary Flames today. Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf will represent the Wranglers at the American Hockey League's All-Star Weekend. So again, congratulations to Matt and to Dustin. We're at the halfway point now of the season for the Calgary Flames. 41 games in. Thought it was a good time to reflect on the season that's been so far for the Calgary Flames. As we talk to you on this Wednesday, they sit with an 18-18-5 record, 41 points. They sit exactly at 500, and I know some out there will argue that it's not a true 500, but in NHL terms, it's a 500 record. They currently are not in a playoff spot. They trail the Edmonton Oilers right now by two points for the final wild card spot in the Western Conference, but Edmonton holds four games in hand on the Flames. The Oilers are also in the midst of an eight-game winning streak and sitting above Calgary to get to Edmonton in that final wild card spot are the St. Louis Blues, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Seattle Kraken. So how do we feel about this Flames team at the halfway mark of the season? Have they exceeded your expectations? Have they not lived up to your expectations? Are they right where you thought they would be? 960-960 would love to hear from you on the fan feedback line if you're listening live on this Wednesday. Because this is officially the halfway mark for the Calgary Flames, and... There are still a lot of major decisions to be made for this group going forward. We know going back to the weekend, Elliot Friedman had reported on headlines that the Flames and Noah Hannafin's camp were perhaps talking once again about a contract extension. Doesn't sound as though anything's imminent. Doesn't sound as though anything is you know close to happening in that. And that still leaves the three big UFAs on the table for the Calgary Flames and Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev, and Noah Hannafin. Their fates still to be determined. We know the message from Craig Conroy and Flames management has been they're not going to let assets walk for nothing. So if you're not signed with the Calgary Flames by trade deadline, the expectation is that you will get moved on and the Flames will try to recoup as many assets as possible for those three players. That's still on the table with 41 games still to go. We're under two months away from the trade deadline, and those decisions still loom. I think there have been positives in the first half of the Calgary Flames. I think there's definitely been negatives. We can go through some of those. The positives, 41 games through the year, I think you have to start 
with the youth movement in Calgary. It's all we talked about last season, whether it was Matthew Phillips, whether it was Jacob Peltier, at the end of the year, Dustin Wolf and Matt Coronado. And there was a real need, a real want in this city for the youngsters to get a legitimate opportunity. And that was something that Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska both spoke about when they got hired this summer, that they were going to give the kids every opportunity to come up to the Calgary Flames and make a difference. And a handful of them have done exactly that. Well, it didn't work out perfectly for Matt Coronado. The future is still incredibly bright for a guy that's ripping up the American Hockey League in his first season in pro hockey. Yan Kuznetsov was the fourth Flames prospect to make his NHL debut this season. That's a number we haven't seen in Calgary in a very long time, at least not in a positive way. And what I mean by that is, yeah, there are years where at the end of the season, the playoffs are out of reach. There's two, three weeks left in the season, and management wants to take a look at a couple of young guys from the AHL team so they get called up and get a couple games in before the season. That's not what this is. The youth movement has been real, and it's been impactful maybe more than ever for the Calgary Flames. And that is a huge positive through 41 games. Do I have to remind anybody what Connor Zary was able to do even last night for the Calgary Flames? He continued what's been an outstanding rookie campaign. Now it's scooped up by Sanderson. Tries to clear, but can't. Puck held in by Zeri. A short 2-1-1 now. Zeri shoots and scores! The Senators cough the puck up, and the Flames make them pay. Connor Zeri uses Nazem Kadri as a decoy and then rips the puck right into the top corner of the Senators' net. The Flames answer right back and tie the game at one. Connor Zeri continues to be a massive impact maker for the Calgary Flames. Martin Pospisil, while not the offensive impact, maybe on a night-to-night basis like a Connor Zaries had, he had himself a great game last night. One assist plus two, seven hits on the night in 11-13 of ice time, and the Ottawa Senators were chomping at the bit to get their hands on number 76 whenever they could. He was at his... Most annoying last night if you're an opposing player. And who had Martin Pospisil on their bingo card to start the season as far as impact makers for the Calgary Flames? Don't lie because it's none of you. Not one of us, not me, not Shan, not Cam, not not Pat or Salum or Julian or Wes and all the great people that cover the Calgary Flames. None of us had Martin Pospisil on the bingo card through the halfway point of this season. That's a massive win for the Calgary flames. It's been huge. So that's a big positive through 41 games. I think Blake Coleman having the season he's had is a huge positive through the halfway mark of the, of of this season. Just another two goals last night. Uh, He just continues to be a consummate leader, a great running mate with Michael Backlund, an all-situations type guy, and a real pro that I think guys like Zary and Pospisil can look at and say, that's what it takes to be an everyday NHL, or Blake Coleman's been outstanding this season. And I want to give a special shout-out, too, to Yegor Sharangovich as a first-half positive storyline for the Calgary Flames. This guy got run through the mill his first 10 to 15 games, and everybody took down the GM with him. Conroy got fleeced. Rookie GM doesn't know what he's doing. New Jersey took his lunch money and dumped off Yegor Sharangovich. Ain't nobody saying that now. 27 points in 41 games and a staple on the first line for the Calgary Flames with Elias Lindholm and perhaps one of their most dangerous offensive weapons and Yegor Sharangovich is locked in 
for the next few years with the Calgary Flames. I think he deserves a special shout-out when it comes to positive first-half storylines for the Calgary Flames. Now, of course, with the positive comes the negative. And look, let's be honest. As I went through it, as we started this conversation, sitting at the halfway point of the regular season and not being in a playoff spot is a negative for this team. They, they want to win and want to contend. That's not a great spot. I they, I know it's two points, and you can look at it by, by that metric that that's what they're trailing the Edmonton Oilers by. But in the, the world of three-point games in the NHL, climbing over teams to get to a playoff spot is so difficult. And it's only going to become a bigger task for this team as the season goes on. And they can't play the up to 500, down a couple games against 500, climb back up to it, fall down again game for much longer, or else those teams that are making a legitimate playoff push are going to space themselves further ahead than the Calgary Flames can climb. So that is a major question mark for this team at the halfway point. I will say, and I've seen it on the text line, and I'll get to some of your text uh, in a couple moments here because I do want to get to the text line at 960-960. He's been much better lately. He also had an assist last night to go for his sixth point in his last six games. But I think it's fair to say that Jonathan Huberto's first half of the season for the Calgary Flames has been a disappointment. At the halfway mark, he sits at 21 points in 41 games. Easy math tells you that that's, you know, double it up. That's 42 points, uh, 42 point pace for Jonathan Huberto, which would be even less than the 55 he put up in year one. That's got to get figured out. It's been better with Lindholm and Sharon Govich the second time around. And I do want to point out, because it, it, I know it'll be brought up, he does have six points in his last six games, and that's a very positive trend. But much like I talked about the ups and downs of this team and making it to 500, we've seen those ups and downs with Jonathan as well. He had a big bump when he jumped up with Backlund and Coleman for a bit, and then it fell back down. He's back up again now with, Shin, with Lindholm and Sharon Govich. Can't have that drop again. Needs to maintain a much better pace that he's been on the last little while. But that's a first-half disappointment. A 42-point pace, not good enough for Jonathan Huberto. The power play still is lifeless for the Calgary Flames. There is no reason that this team should be sitting with the 30th-ranked power play in the NHL. You can tell me all about they don't have a superstar, they don't have a sniper, a true finisher, and I won't argue with you about that, but they have enough talent to stay out of the basement of the NHL's power play rankings. They are not Chicago, they are not San Jose, they are not some of these teams you know that have moved on from their key veteran forwards that have succeeded on power plays in other areas. There's no reason. Kadri's run power plays before. Lindholm's run power plays before. Same with Huberto. Even Zeri, who I just talked about as a first half positive, he's jumped in on the power play, hasn't made a difference. It is spinning its wheels right now, and it needs to get figured out. It's been a major, major first half disappointment for the Calgary Flames 41 games into the season. No one knows the answer. They're trying to figure it out. It's a it's a topic I know and can tell you the coaching staff is well aware of and trying to fix themselves. But it no doubt is one of the keys looking at this first half for the Calgary Flames and saying that's just not good enough for this team 41 games into the season. And last but not least, I think... Uh, the bottom half of the roster, to me, the rotating fourth line is something that I've been disappointed in 
Dylan Dubé got scratched for the first time in a long time Tuesday against the Ottawa Senators. But I'll loop Ruzichka. I'll wrap Dewar in that as well as guys that I think have enough NHL experience, have enough talent, have been given enough opportunity that their place in the lineup should not be a nightly conversation for this team, and it has been. A.J. Greer was picked up off of waivers from the Boston Bruins at the start of the season, and right now he is the only member of the fourth line that I am confident playing every single night. I miss the Walker Dewar that was physical, that was hard on the forecheck, that was tenacious after pucks. I, I haven't seen that from 71. We talked enough about Dylan Dubé heading into Tuesday compared to, to what his season's been. I, I'm not going to rehash any of that that's been talked about enough. Ruzichka, again, huge opportunity. Youngsters are going to get time to play. Youngsters are going to get opportunity. He was at the top of the list for me, right along with Coronado as guys that I thought were going to be able to take advantage of that. The skill set that he has, the experience he's had in the NHL, and I'm sorry, Adam Ruzicka should not be a fourth-line center in this league. With the talent he has, with the skill that he has, the guy should be pushing up the lineup at this point in his career. And right now, I'm sorry, it's just kind of stagnant on the fourth line. And uh, I feel for him because I don't think it's the best spot for his skill set. And I get that that can be frustrating for a guy, but you also have to give coaches a reason to move you up the lineup. And I don't know how many nights can you really say that Adams made that impression that you got to say, hey, man, Thursday against Arizona, I'd love to see Adam moved up. He kicked ass against Ottawa. It was only 11 minutes, but he was noticeable for all 11 minutes. There hasn't been enough of that. And those are three guys that I think were penciled into spots to start this year that right now are just part of a rotating cast for the Calgary Flames. And it's been frustrating. I want to see more from them. And it'll be curious to see what the second half looks like for those guys. So that's my first half. Assessment for the Calgary Flames, 41 games in, 41 to go to the text line at 960-960. It's always open to you. Love hearing you guys uh, on the text line and uh, a ton to get to here as we dive into some uh, mid-season storylines for the Calgary Flames. First of all, Shubes is excited for the return of Wild Card Wednesday. That's coming up next. Appreciate you, Shubes. Uh, this one says, uh, best way to ruin a team through, uh, best way to ruin a team building through the draft is to listen to an impatient owner and fans to understand how many good players, uh, in the draft world come in third and fourth round picks. Very valuable. Uh, Joe T texts in saying, I think the flames are exactly where they should be a 500 team. Maybe it is time to move on to those that don't want to stay. Uh, Brian text in saying positive one Coleman two young kids three Markstrom negative uh, power play Hubie struggles and the third and fourth line we are very much in sync Brian I agree with both of those uh, this one says Markstrom's been a positive this year I thought the dude was broken but he's bounced back nicely so far I agree with that uh, looking back at the standings this text says to me the Oilers are a lock for the playoffs barring major injuries again the Flames want to make the playoffs. They got to catch Nashville, in my opinion, so they're even further out. It's a it's a very good point, and I know it's not a loved thing here on Calgary Radio, uh, but the Oilers have won eight in a row. They are on fire right now. Um, yes, they are right back to where we thought they'd be, and will look like they're going to continue to climb and maybe give LA a run for their money uh, for one of those Pacific Division wild card spots. And if that's the case, that texter's right. You're going to have to look at a team like Nashville or maybe Seattle as teams that the Flames more realistically have to catch. Uh, this one says, the Flames offense has been better than expected and our offensive prospects look good, but the defense has given up too many goals and our defensive prospects are no better than fifth and sixth NHL defensemen. 
Uh, this text says, it's too bad the other way uh, they're trying to hang around and make a playoff spot, but realistically, the only thing that's going to do is ensure a mushy middle finish again. No playoffs and a crappy draft pick. I love the Flames, but I'm firmly on Team Tank. Trade everyone and start over because this yearly battle for an eight seed ain't it. Uh, Taylor from Cranston says, overall, I'm happy with the season. There's not a ton of negative vibes like last year. Exciting seeing the young players. There's work to do, but it's better than the feeling we had last season. Uh, a couple more to get to. This one says, hey, Logo, preface this by saying I'm not a diehard Flames fan, but I've lived here for 30 years and I'm a diehard fan. Uh, I gave Craig, 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 excuse me, I gave Craig Conroy a C- to D-plus report card so far. Only reason that high because the Sharon Govich deal has worked out well. Shut up, computer. Uh, the Flames have spun their wheels at best and still have three fruit, uh, huge UFAs who, as the clock ticks, don't gain any value. Vladar here, uh, still here is a mistake. I believe it is time, and the Flames have every bit of a chance to making the playoffs with Wolf Coronado and a couple more young guns in the lineup rather than sticking in the middle where you get a 13th to 16th draft pick or lose in round one. This team needs changes sooner rather than later. Two more to get to. This one says, excited for the future, but only if we end up picking up prospects and or draft picks with the guys we still haven't signed. Hannafin's the only guy I would sign, but everything looks like he's playing for a new contract somewhere else. Hannafin for a late first rounder or a good defensive prospect. Tanev for a late second. Lindholm for two thirds. In my perfect world also includes Shillington. I'm hoping he makes it back in this year. I miss him on this team while I'm dreaming. I also want the same ownership mentality from the 80s. Those guys wanted to win a Stanley Cup. The current group only cares about a profitable season. And last but not least, uh, going back to our thoughts on the fourth line and guys like Adam Rosicka, uh, this text says, Rosie is the most unnoticeable player on the ice 90% of the time. That's some of the text line thoughts. I uh, appreciate you texting in at 960-960. We will uh, continue to hit up on the text line as the show goes on, including our next segment, the brainchild of Pat Steinberg returns as it's wildcard Wednesday 2.0. If you don't remember wildcard Wednesday or you're new to the show and you've never heard about it before, uh, we'll give you a, a lesson. If you remember it uh, from its previous iteration, I apologize for bringing it back, but uh, we're going to have some fun with uh, Shan and Cam uh, who haven't participated in Wildcard Wednesday ever before. I'm excited. It's back. We're at the halfway mark for the Calgary Flames. It's a Wednesday. It's Logan along with you. Shannon Cam are my outstanding producers. And uh, Wildcard Wednesday is back in a new version. Back and better than ever. Uh, we're going to do that next as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. All right, Sportsnet Today rolling on. Logan Gordon along with you in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios. And we're throwing it back. Not like way back, but we're throwing it back to the pre-pandemic times here at Sportsnet 960. And that precludes the time of my two producers along with me this afternoon, Cam and Shan. Some of you longtime listeners, and I've seen you on the text line at 960-960, uh, excited about the return of Wild Card Wednesday. If you don't remember Wild Card Wednesday, it's the brainchild of Pat Steinberg back in the Pinder and Steinberg days of Sportsnet 960, where I was the producer and board op of the show along with Ryan and Pat, and Pat created a fun Wednesday game for us to play, along with you guys on the text line, but a chance for you guys to get to know us better, to kind of dive into some different topics around uh, everything. And here's how it works. If you are new to Wildcard Wednesday, welcome. Uh, we're excited to have you along. We love when the text line plays along and answers along with us, but here's how it's going to go. We have seven categories on our wheel. We will begin Wildcard Wednesday. Each one of us, myself, Cam, and Shan, We'll spin the wheel and ask the group a question based on the category that we get. We then have to answer that question uh, truthfully and honestly, and uh, it makes for some fun times. Um, Shan's very excited about this. He's been prepping questions all week long, uh, so the credit goes. To, and now, you two don't know this, 
Um, some of the listeners will remember during the pandemic, um, we had nothing to talk about. When everything shut down, we had nothing to talk about. Uh, so me, Pinder, and Steinberg eventually killed Wild Card Wednesday. And what I mean by that is we played Wild Card Wednesday every single day on the show oh, for oh. about two months. Yeah, that'll do it. The questions became asinine. They became brutal and awful and hateful. So once sports came back, we were so happy to have sports back that Wild Card Wednesday died a long time ago. And it'll happen when you play the same game for two months straight with three guys in three different rooms uh, and no sports to talk about. But uh, it's back. It's better than ever. I'm excited to play it with you guys. I'm excited for a new generation of listeners to join in along with us. Uh, so, Cam, if you would be so kind to uh, introduce us to Wild Card Wednesday 2.0. Get ready to know your afternoon show. It's time for Wild Card Wednesday. Welcome to Wild Card Wednesday. It's Logan Gordon along with you. And on the show today, producer extraordinaire Cam Hughes. Say hi to the people, Cam. Hello, people. Hi, people. Uh, along with us, our new afternoon sidekick, the one and the only. It's Shan the Man hanging out with us. What's up, Shan? Hi, people. Are you ready to play Wild Card Wednesday, I gentlemen? Am. I'm very excited. Cam, are you excited? Yes, sir. Text line, we need you along with us as this goes. It's only fun if you play along with us, and we're excited to spin the wheel. I've done this before, so I'm going to go last today. But we're going to spin the wheel, and we're going to go around, and we're going to start with a newbie. Shan. Personal life. Personal Perhaps life. the most controversial category. Oh we boy. have food. We have movies. We have music. We have flames. We have sports. We have wild card. And, of course, everyone's favorite. We have personal life. Shan. Am I supposed to answer my own question? You're going to have to answer your own question, yes. do that first? No, I'm, me and Cam will answer first. Right. Out of nowhere, what is the most disrespectful thing anyone's done to you? Something that stood out, they, they, they disrespected you so hard, you just kind of stood there like, wow. I didn't deserve this. Wow. That's a good one. What's the most disrespectful thing someone's ever done to you? Yeah. You want me to go first, Logo? If you have one off the top of your head, go for it. So... When I was a weed lad, I was I was 13, maybe 14. Uh, me and my family, we would take summer vacations to Florida. And so one of these years, I happened to have especially long hair. And so we would go through our checks. We would go through TSA or whatever it's called. And we, we put our bags in the line and we put it through. And the, the person who's working the, like the camera or whatever that scans the bags... She goes up to my mom and it's like, so it's me, my mom, and my sister. And she's like, ma'am, would your two daughters like a magazine for the plane? Oh. And I looked at her and I'm like, no, we're good. Thank you very much. Like I had, I had maybe shoulder length hair at the time. I was in like cargo shorts and a, like a floral shirt, like a very Floridian shirt. I didn't think I looked like a girl. Oh, that's a tough well, one. Would, would but you and your two daughters? That one stuck like with magazine? you too. Clearly, it's it's that, that is a stick he with had you. that one ready. That to is go. scarred permanently on me. Man, Do you I, wonder, I wonder if first? Alex Brody's ever had that happen when he had the long oh, flowing 100%. hair. I think that probably happened to him. Do you have a good one, Shan? Go well, for it. Yeah, I mean, this is I don't want to say it's sports related. I, I played basketball in high school. Okay, and you've never mentioned it. Yeah, I probably haven't. I hit a half court shot once. Uh, and that wasn't regulation. Though. We're playing in Red Deer in front of a in front of a team school. Um, these are all farm farm guys. I'm the smallest guy on the team, but I saw one guy got kicked out of the last game. He's six foot eight, and I kind of jumped on him a little bit going for a rebound. And he said, "Get this little bleep off me," and I was like, "Hey, well, what? That's not very nice of you." And then I did the same thing the next play, and he grabbed the rebound, and he elbowed me in the nose and permanently destroyed my nose. Oh, and that was just. I didn't really deserve that. It was out of nowhere. Um, I still can't breathe out of my right nostril. And to be fair, I picked on the wrong guy probably. But he said, yeah, he said some things. And he was, you know, he's doing it for his home crowd. And he did it in, about, in front of about 500 people. 
That's pretty disrespectful. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> the one that comes to mind for me is, I don't know if you guys, were you guys ever like scouts or cubs or anything like that? Did you ever do no, that when you were a no. kid? I, I did that as a kid. <laughs> uh, you got your little badges and your sash and everything. And uh, once a year, you had to go out and sell popcorn. You go door to door and raise money and sell popcorn. Okay. And I can specifically remember a neighbor slamming the door in my face as a kid. Oh. When I asked him if he wanted to buy some popcorn for my local. How old are uh, you? Co- I must have been like maybe 10 years old. Oh, jeez. But like not a high, not a hey, just an open the door. Would you like some delicious popcorn, sir? We have caramel crunch. <laughs> we have choco attack. We have whatever the rainbow one was called with the blue popcorn and the like the candy flavored popcorn. You know, I'm a ten year. I don't know how to do this. My mom's waiting down in the driveway because I don't know how to do math and, and collect money. Right? I don't know any of that. So you have the parent with you, and the guy just slammed the door shut right in my face. Get out of here, you stupid kid with your popcorn. Hi, would you like some popcorn? Yeah. That's 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 like the main one that I can think of off the top of my head is as being like I mean like I, I get it. If you want to just tell me no, that's perfectly fine. I can I'll go to another house, but that that one is is the one that sticks with me the most, is probably the most like straight up disrespectful thing that's ever happened. Just open the door. Get a good look at you. I feel like I did pretty well selling popcorn, and that guy was just a a Richard about it. (laughs) That's killing me. (laughs) It's selling popcorn. Just tell me no. Tell me to go away. Don't slam the door in my face. Okay, cool. Thanks. You don't want any popcorn. Go away. Can you play that one more time? (laughs) It's bringing back flashbacks. Like nightmare. Sorry. Oh my goodness. Uh, a couple of texts, 960-960. Wedley remembers uh, back in the day, the fan points. You guys definitely won't remember fan I've points. I've never heard of fan points or the in fan, my life. Or the fan girls. You won't remember the fan girls either. Uh, this text says, uh, working in a bar, had someone spit in my face. Ooh. Wow. Ooh, that is nasty. That's, that's more di- than disrespectful. It's just a crime. <laughs> uh, this text says, being called a girl's not disrespectful, Cam. Maybe she thought you were pretty. Hey, you know what? If if that was the the intention, I'll take it. I'll take a pretty once in a while. Thanks. Maybe that's why they didn't say that. Maybe they didn't say, would your two pretty daughters? Yeah. That, uh, would your one pretty daughter? <laughs> <laughs> would your uh, Sorry, one good-looking daughter and your... Uh, Who's like 14? Other brooding, mannish-like daughter? Like a... Like a... Uh, <laughs> like a <laughs> A magazine for the flight. Uh, well, at least says disrespectful was this kid came to my house with his popcorn, so I slammed the door in his face. Door to door sales anymore. Uh, all right, good start to this, uh, Shan. You had one of the tougher topics, and you uh, you handled it well, Cam. Uh, it's time to spin the wheel. Sports. Very open-ended for you, Cam. You can go anywhere sports here. I'm excited to see what you have. So my question for you two is, what one rule change do you want to see implemented into the NHL? Ooh. I got one right off the bat. Let's hear it. So do I. Go o- ahead. Overtime, there should be an over and back rule. That's the stupidest thing ever. Why? I hate that idea. Why? It's not hockey then. We're not playing basketball. Okay, but there's so much open ice for the most talented players in the world. And and they're like, oh, I don't like this chance. I'm just going to skate back, hang out for 20 seconds. It, 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 I understand it's not basketball, but you lose so much entertainment value. And also, who wants to go to a shootout? I get that. I just think I think there are easier ways. Like I just, I'd rather go to 10 minutes. I think you're changing hockey too much if you enact an over and back rule. Like, to me, that's just, I would rather just see them go to 10 minutes of over. Like, I'm with you. I hate the shootout. I'm mm-hmm. over it. Um, but I do think you need to have a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that I think you just need to change overtime format a bit. I don't know that. 
to me, it's just it's changing it too much. I feel like it it just provides a little bit more entertain entertainment value if you drop or if you add an over and back, right? You want to see guys on the rush pushing towards the net, not sitting in their own zone for for two minutes trying to hold possession. Uh, I have one. I hate the the goalie trapezoid thing. <laughs> oh yeah, just let the goalies. That's get enough. Ran. Yeah, I've had enough of of the stupid lines in the corner. I want to see the days of Marty Turco. Um, I want Mike Smith unhinged. Like Markstrom would be fun. Markstrom loves doing it. Oh yeah. And Markstrom loves playing the puck and he is restricted by these two little dumb red lines that we came up with. I don't even know when it feels like it's been forever now, but I am, if I could make a change in the NHL rules today, I'm getting rid of the, the goalie trapezoid behind the net free for all. Let the goalies handle the puck. I think you're going to get more excitement. What would that do for someone like Dustin Wolf then? Obviously a very smaller goalie. If if he was to get hit behind the net by like Patrick Maroon, do you, do you, then you, do you dummy stay Patrick the same? Maroon. Who dummies Patrick Maroon? You're going to, four of your guys are going to have to go after Patrick Maroon. Fair. I mean, the rule still is you can't hit the goalie still. I mean, I guess. I'm not. I'm not letting. I'm not saying free for all season on goalies. I just want to see them play the <laughs> puck a little bit more. <laughs> That's what I would say. Uh, Cam, what's yours? I, I think offside should be abolished. I think it's a terrible rule. I get why it's there. I think it kills a lot of fun that can be had <laughs> in the NHL. I think. Hey, if you want to have a guy cherry pick on the other end in front of the goalie for 10 minutes, you can sacrifice the defense and just put a guy there. I think the amount of times I've seen an incredible offensive rush, like Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, pushing the net on a breakaway, but he stepped, he stepped offside. Oh no. What's he going to do? I don't I think it's terrible. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to, I think you're asking for, coaches to hate a couple of players that are <laughs> trying to blow the zone every time because there's no offside. Okay. Oh, see Who would the flames player be that they just stick behind the other net and wait for him to get the puck? Yeah. Who's Sharon the king Govich. of Tippins? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, probably. That'd be mine. Just stick Pavelski in front of the net and shoot from, <laughs> from shoot the from other the end of the ice. ice. And he'll tip it in. Uh, some of the Texas nine, six, zero, nine, six, zero on cams question. Uh, can't make the excuse that over and back's not hockey. Uh, when every hockey roll is thrown out the window in this made-up three-on-three carnival show. Fair enough. Uh, this text says, the new and improved Blades of Steel fighting rule. Loser gets the penalty, winner gets to keep playing. Um, this is a good one. I like the PWHL rule about killing the power play if you score a shorty. I know Jeff Merrick loves it and Berkey hates it. I like that one. I do too. I love the power play, uh, the power kill mentality. If you score a shorthanded goal, the way goes the... Uh, the the power play aggressive I like that penalty kill. What what is there not to like? Uh, this one says, uh, "How about you can't ice the puck on the PK? No more two hundred foot clears at five on five. That one from Matt and Cocker. I like that one. That's been a popular one for OT or or penalty kills. Excuse me, and I, one I like quite a bit. Uh, Dan and Cochran here says, "Last attacker to touch the puck is exempt from being offside, whether they had possession or not." Allows skilled players to make skilled plays, reduces whistles, reviews, increases goals, doesn't disrupt the spirit of offside. Dry Seidel's play would have been fine. Makar a few years back wouldn't have been controversial. I like that a lot, actually. Uh, this says uh, rule change allow any kicked goal into the net. I'm not against that. They wear knife shoes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they're not. They're very sharp. Yeah, but it's not like a full on. We're going to get bicycle kicks. No, we're not. Uh, Lyle and Calgary says, I'd like to see a playoff uh, for the bottom six teams to determine the first overall pick to make it less beneficial for tanking. I think the league would benefit from extra revenue and fans of the worst teams would have something to cheer for. Um, offside yes. challenge has to go. Doesn't do the game any good. Doesn't feel like it spits, uh, fits in with the spirit of the game. Uh, this one says, how about a compensator, uh, compensation pick for uh, signing a player with a no trade clause? Uh, what about OT and shootout wins worth half a point? I don't mind that. Uh, this text says overtime should be 20 minutes of four on four. 
And last but not least, no defensive zone hand pass. Why is that a thing? Very true. Fair enough. Uh, not bad, Cam. You got the text line going and you got uh, some good conversation. Let's uh, let's finish it off strong. I got the last spin of the wheel. Calgary Flames. Oh, boy. Calgary Flames. You can only... You have to pick one jersey in the history of the Calgary Flames for them to wear for the rest of time. One uniform, and that's it. No away jersey, no alternate, no third, no reverse retro, extras. They get one jersey, and it is the jersey of the Calgary Flames for infinite time. What jersey are you picking and why? The 03 Blasty. Those ones with, with the ones similar to what the Wranglers wear, where there's the red at the bottom of the jersey. That looks so good. I mean, that was the first jersey I had. It's probably part of it, but I, I think those were the cleanest. And you look at a guy like Jerome McGinley in, in those old blasty jerseys, that's that that is rep, that represents the, the flames and, and, and the culture of the flames, in my humble opinion. I love those. Cam? Uh, I won't go too, ar- too far off from that. I think the, the modern Blasty is probably the greatest hockey jersey I've ever seen. I think if you don't wear that every single day, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, I'm known as a big Blasty guy, and I can't deny my love of Blasty, but you've both gone Blasty, and I did have a secondary choice for this just in case. and. It's been mentioned on the text line, and I think it's the one that'll get the most play on this. And it's the 2003-2004 debut of the red jersey with the black C, but Mm -hmm. I still get Blasty on the shoulders. I like it. That, to me, could be the all-time jersey that the Flames would wear, and I'd love it forever. Yeah. Um, I, I, I Don't get me wrong. I love the Flames, and I love... Um, people associated with the Flames that have done work. I never got behind the Canada and the Alberta patches on the red jersey. It clashed. Um, it looks out of place. They, they're not the only Canadian team. They're also not the only Alberta team. So it was hard to kind of stake claim to those. I didn't like the piping either down the side of the jersey that they used to have. So if I had to pick one that I had to live with forever... It would be the 2003-2004 home red jersey with the black C and Blasty on the shoulders. I That one I could live with forever. Um, and nothing against what they have now, by the way. Like as Shub says, the current home jersey, hands down, it's a, it's a classic. It's a modern-day classic look. I think it's very simple, but it's to the point. It gets huge. Um... Uh, it always kills in jersey rankings that guys it's do on there. Twitter all the time. Their current kit, to me, with Blasty as the alternate, it might be the best three-set jersey they've ever had. But if I had to pick one, that's that's the one I would go with. That's a great pick, too. Those yeah. are those are so clean. Uh, let's see what uh, a couple of people said. This one agreed with me. 04 Red Home Blasty on the shoulders. Uh, <laughs> this one says, I'm going with the one they wear at home now. I hate the Blasty jerseys, by the what? way. And that's the thing about Blasty. You either love Blasty or you hate them. There's no in-between. I haven't said anyone's like, yeah, it's all right. Everybody is very back and forth with hmm. Blasty. I love them. Clearly, you guys love them, and that's, uh, that's good. Uh, this one says, how about this year's Winter Classic jersey? I think it just looks so clean. Uh, this one says, anything but Blasty or the stupid pedestal jerseys. The old floor blood red with the black C was the best. Uh, this is literally any jersey, but Blasty, you guys are drunk. <laughs> Just don't tell my boss. Shan might be, but that's different. Um, this one says, bring back the Calgary jersey with the C. I think that's talking about the uh, the thirds they had. Yeah, I've got one with of the those. the Monaghan era kind of where it spelled out Calgary in the oh, script. Oh, I had a hard time with those. I didn't love they're those. Okay. No. They're okay, but they're not. They were not one of the cleaner jerseys the Flames wore. Because the Flames have beautiful jerseys. That's not one of them. Uh, what else here? 
Uh, why has there not been a black blasty uh, scheme with the red flaming C on it instead of blasty and then blasty on the shoulders? I think you can get creative with the black jersey and instead of blasty. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's something they do in the future. Uh, this one says the Heritage Classic jerseys, but uh, red with black and a new logo. The flaming C with blasty in the middle. Uh, this one says, I still wear my 0304 Kipper jersey I bought as a 14-year-old at Fanatics during game two against Tampa Bay on the big screen at the Dome. Uh, this one says, you're right, Logo. The stupid Reebok piping was a short-lived idiotic trend on any hockey sweater. I hated that one. Just didn't, the piping never made sense to me. Uh, this one says, uh, Shoop says, I low-key like the 1998 to 2000 jerseys too. Those ones weren't bad. Yeah, they're nice. Uh, <laughs> Big Mike uh, text in. You guys all have severe head injuries. Blasty is awful. Do better. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Matt and Cochran says, 04 with the playoff patch was my third jersey ever. According to my mom, I had a Blackhawks jersey and a Goathead Buffalo jersey. Those Buffalo jerseys are up there. I love that they oh, brought yeah. those back. Uh, this one says, 04 home red jerseys, the all-time best. Uh, this one says, Blasty looks good hanging up on the wall. And last but not least, the script Calgary jersey belongs in a Walmart discount bin. Uh, yeah, they shut the door on the, the script jersey. Uh, Very nice. Welcome back. Great job, gentlemen. Thank uh, you, Logan. That was Thank Wild Card Wednesday. It returns every Wednesday here on Sportsnet today. And appreciate uh, you on the text line hanging out with us as Wild Card Wednesday 2.0 made its Calgary Sports Radio return again. The brainchild of, of Pat Steinberg. I was going to get in trouble if I didn't give uh, credit where credit's due. So we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We're kicking off hour two with our pal Ailish Forfar, the host of the Fan Checkdown on Sportsnet. She's kicking us off next on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.